And welcome everyone to the Circle Debate Podcast. This is the host of DBS1, Ivan C. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by an incredible guest that I have on the show today because, man, she is coming with you hard because she's the baddest chick on the planet, especially she bowed down to the ruler in Danica's world because she's Danica three belts, ladies and gentlemen, especially the PCW Ultra Women's Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome... Danica De La Rouge, how were you today? Hello, I am doing great. I'm doing fabulous. I have my three belts. I have my PCW Ultra Women's Championship belt. So I feel like I'm on top of the moon right now. <laughs> Absolutely, you're on top of the moon. And what a, what a roller coaster of a journey that you have. And wanted to ask briefly, so can you say that winning the PCW Ultra Women's Championship has been your defining moment in professional racing so far? Or what is it that has been like right now your defining moment currently? I definitely would say that is one of my defining moments just because I haven't actually debuted at PCW Ultra. So the fact that I have their belt says a lot. Absolutely. And I really do. That is something special that I don't think many women or people can say. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, you have two upcoming challenges. I mean, you're defending it, you know, coming up on April 30th on Defy, you know, against Kikio. So how are you preparing for that match? And as well, preparing for, you know, PCW Ultra on May 13th, and you're beginning as you're defending it as well as once you're retained, which I'm assuming you are, and, you know, facing uh, Viva Van, false count anywhere. So how are you How are you preparing for these two upcoming challenges that you have? Yeah, well, the first one uh, at Defy, I feel like is more of a pity match for Kikio. Um, she hasn't really been doing much. So, you know, when I heard about it and they had posted that that would be the match, I was like, okay, it's fine. I don't have anything to worry about. I've had a match with Kikio. Kikio hasn't seen this side of me aside from the last interference. And she was not ready for that. So when it comes to that match, I feel like I don't really have anything to plan or worry about. Um, but Viva, on the other hand, <laughs> um, I think that's going to be a lot of fun because our last match, same thing. I told her to prepare, prepare for everything, prepare for anything. Um, yes, we are friends, and that's why I wasn't going to treat her differently. I wasn't going to treat her differently from how I treated Rebel Kel, how I treated Kikio. Uh, the words I had said about Liza Hall, there is no difference. And um, she gave it her all, and too bad her all wasn't good enough. Oh, man, definitely. And I'm loving, you know, I've been following your career, and I love this change. So what came about of, you know, coming from, you know, originally, you know, where you were, you know, prior before as a face, and then just, you just got sick and tired of it, and you're just, you know, F the world, fuck the world, I, this is me, this is my world now. So it's like, what came on about, you know, the transitioning change of, you know, Danica de la Rouge? How did that become about? Yes, exactly. Danica got tired of people stepping on her, pushing her around, and really just doing what they wanted to do. And I wasn't getting anywhere. So Danica decided to change and make it Danica's world and do what Danica wants to do. And um, whether the crowd defiance likes it, whether the fans like it, whether the promoters like it, whether my opponents like it, it doesn't matter because Danica gets what Danica gets. Oh man, that's awesome. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. And you know, talk very briefly, you know, you have your journey begin in professional wrestling. Just very brief. I know a lot of you know other shows you have been upon, you know, 
you know, on their show, they ask the same question. But just very brief here on our show, like, in your own words, like, what, you know, how does the journey begin for you to get in professional wrestling? Yeah, um, wrestling was definitely something new for me. I did do the amateur style wrestling, which was a lot of fun. And I feel like that was the beginning of this persona because amateur wrestling is slightly different. It's about dominance. It's about strength. It's about like technique and like who's better and not worrying about people's feelings. It's about winning. And um, I feel like that should have been a sign for me at first. And it took me a while, you know, to get there, to get where I'm at now. But I feel like that's where it had started. Um, even before that, doing sports, um, I feel like wrestling is just more of my style it's more aggressive it's more like in your face um and then having great trainers such as buddy wayne i'm so glad i started with him um i realized that that's the way that i needed to start training yeah. is uh that type of person who's caring who's very uh motivating and supportive uh behind you even when you like your trash, because at the beginning you feel like it's great, you record it and you're like, oh, that was amazing. Later on, you're like, wow, that was really bad. <laughs> but still having somebody like support you and be there, that was great. Doing Lucha Libre, uh, being trained by uh, Professor uh, Jose. Um, I, I'm so grateful to have learned Lucha because it's a whole new style. Not many women do it. Um, and then also being able to learn and train under Rikishi, which Viva actually introduced me to. That was like another great thing for me to do and reassure the way that I've been training is the right way. And um, so that's really, that's pretty much it. Just putting my, my foot in the door at chances that I get, taking the opportunities that come to me um, because sometimes they don't come twice. Right. So you need to take them or they might slip through and then you won't get it for another, what, couple years. So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, that's right. Um, but how was it like, what was your first match? So was it an, a tag match or was it singles or like your first ever, you know, pro wrestling match? Like what was it, a singles or a tag? And then how was the first time, you, you know, the first time, you know, stepping into the ring and performing in front of, you know, yeah, I would say 100, 200 people, maybe a little bit more. How, how was that experience for the first time? Yes, my first match was a singles mitt match with uh, Johnny Flynn. Um, he's actually a really great wrestler. I wish, like, more people knew about him, more people gave him a chance. But it was in Canada for Invasion Pro Wrestling. I think it was actually maybe four years ago from the 27th of April of when I had my very first match. And it was in front of 300, 500 plus people. So I was terrified. <laughs> uh, the nerves didn't kick in until like maybe closer to when the show started. And then I'm like, I get the shakes. I'm nervous. I'm like, what am I doing? And then, you know, as soon as I open the curtains, everything drops. Like um, all my nerves, everything goes away. And it's just like. It's like I go from from me outside of wrestling to like, all right, like it's just a whole different person. And um, it just it's definitely an experience that like I feel like you don't really get or you like I'm sure you could get it like in other instances or different ways. But I've never had that kind of feeling before. And that's just how it really started. And that was my 
the day that I knew that I was going to keep wrestling and this was going to be something for me, I had told myself before, if this goes bad, like this isn't for me. If I blank, then like, this isn't it. And I didn't blank and everything went great. And that was just the day that I knew that I was going to keep doing this and I was going to be somebody. Oh man, that's awesome. And I'm glad you're still doing it. And you know, you're giving a lot of inspiration to a lot of the, you know, the women out there that also wants to become a, you know, a professional wrestler. And I'm glad that, you know, you and Bima and everyone else like Kiki over Bukele, like you mentioned are still, you know, are inspiring, uh, you know, especially for the women, you know, in the community of professional wrestling. And I'm, Keep on killing it. That's all I want to say. And, you know, I 100% support you guys a lot. And you guys are inspiration for all the women. Definitely, you guys are. Especially how you develop yourself within that time of your career and still developing as well, uh, continuing to learn. You mentioned about Lucha Libre, uh, you know, learning that style as well. So in the beginning, in the, uh, when you first, you know, adapted to it, what was like the hardest part of learning of it? It wasn't because of the switching sides. Because I know that, correct me if I'm wrong. I know that in Lucha Libre you wrestle on the right, in an American style you wrestle on the left. So I'm pretty sure that was probably one of the toughest ones. Am I right? Yeah, that was the hardest thing. Everything you learn in America is left, and then everything in Lucha is right. So you have to flip everything in your mind to the opposite side. You can do like the same things but flip it um so that was like a pretty big struggle <laughs> was getting over the the left and the right side along with um they do a lot of like acrobatic stuff so um i feel like it was a lot of like fear of new things and like scarier things um that i had to get over but Buddy would. Buddy was there. He walked. He came with me to my lucha classes and sat there. And like, that's all I needed was extra comfort, and um, and having that there. But yeah, a lot of it was just learning the opposite side and then getting over fear of jumping from the top rope, things like that. Oh yeah, definitely. I I know because I tried it, so I I've done it. So oh, you did. <laughs> I have. I have. Because yeah, my my uncle my uncle is a former lucha libre. You know legend so but Fuerza Guerrera so that's he was he's my uncle so I kind of learned from him uh, mm -hmm. when I was when I was a kid but then yeah what something it wasn't for me but I just can't you know injuries I can't do it so I'd rather be a spectator more of a, an analyst you could say so that's why I kind of stepped out in the ring performing but you know I commend you and I kudos to you for learning that stuff it's difficult it is it is extremely difficult uh, one thing that I love of what you did you know on your during your career and i and talked to us about more about it when you went to south korea when you went to pws you know pro wrestling society south korea i you know i followed you know their you know their channel and see it and and I, you were there before as well so how was that experience out there in south korea and how was like the culture and then with the pro wrestling fans out there in south korea yeah um unfortunately it was during covid so we didn't really get to have a crowd it was um, it was more it, everything was shut off, but I did let, get to see their culture. Um, I was more of immersed in it. Not many people, at least where I was staying at, um, most of the English speaking people stay in Seoul. And this show was in uh, I'm not going to say their name because I'm going to botch it. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a different part of um, South Korea. 
So no one really spoke English. I had to like navigate my own way. But luckily there were actually a handful of American speaking wrestlers there. So we could speak through it. And then a lot of um, broken English, like, uh, no, yes, this, this, boom, boom, boom. Like things like that you just speak or like movements you understand. But uh, I feel like their style wasn't too different. It was a little bit. It was a mix of the Japanese style and then also the American style. And then maybe like two, two workers there that enjoyed Lucha. So then they try to incorporate that into their style too. So it didn't feel too far off from uh, what I've already been doing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. And how did you enjoy your food out there? Like how was that experience? Like just having their food and, you know, getting to know just their culture. How was that as well like for you? Yes, uh, Korean barbecue was amazing, amazing. <laughs> um, I I was scared to kind of go on my own and go to restaurants and order my own food because there were no pictures. <laughs> and then I don't know the language, so I'm like, what is what am I ordering? So I would only really go with the poor promoter or like other wrestlers and then ask them like, what is this? And or I'd be like, hey, I like chicken, I like beef not too much of a fan of seafood so what can i get on here <laughs> so. that's, that's awesome and would you go back again now that i'm hoping that they're opening up you know i know that you know certain countries you know countries are still going through the pandemic situation it's still been overwhelming for them like japan for instance is mainly one of them which is difficult for them but but if south korea is actually if they're reopened completely would you go back and wrestle for a pws yeah, I definitely would. I definitely like to see their progress uh, based off of where they came because I think there's only like two promoters, two shows really in Korea, but PWS is the one that is thriving. Um, so I'd like to see how far they come. I definitely would love to wrestle in front of a crowd for the first time over there. Um, I know they did open back up, but uh, I think they actually ended up shutting back down. So I don't, I, they might be open again or they might be like, on the road to opening right back up. But I would love to go over there and wrestle for them and put on just like a great show and just uh, talk with everyone again. Awesome, awesome. And talk about as well your relationship with Defy. I mean, honestly, for me, you are the staple of Defy in, in that overall, in that promotion. I wish they had a women's title for, you know, for Defy the promotion itself, but you are the state before it. And so how did it become about how was it born the relationship? And you, you know, obviously, you know, pretty much, you know, being a part of the, the five family. Yeah. Um, most of my big opportunities came from defy, uh, being able to wrestle against Priscilla Kelly. Um, that was one of like my bigger matches and my very first female match. Um, so I was nervous. I was so nervous. <laughs> um, and then also getting other opportunities, uh, being able to wrestle with Allie, um, that wasn't even supposed to be in the books or like that wasn't supposed to happen, but you know, things happen. And that's what I mean by taking those opportunities. They had asked some other nobody and, um, she had said no. And then they came and asked me and I had stepped right up to it and I took the opportunity. Um, so I feel like I've gotten a lot of opportunities. Defy has really been able to see me grow from not really being able to do anything or like do it, do too much into like growing and being better and better and better. 
So uh, I feel like Defy really is my home promotion. And I love like going there, seeing the crowd. They started, they grow to love me. They grow to hate me. I love all of it. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I love it too, because it's just, just seeing you out there. You know, I haven't seen you in person. I can't, I cannot wait. But just seeing your matches, what I've seen overall, what you, what you accomplished by far, it's, it's amazing how the transition you know, you've become now. And I love that that excitement of the crowd just getting involved as, you know, you're sort of like, hey, fuck you, fuck you, but you're cool, fuck you. <laughs> I enjoy it. I fucking enjoy it. I love it. I love it. Uh, wanted to ask as well. Now, talk to us about, I know that, you know, for me it's new because as well, I, I've seen other promote, I mean, other, you know, shows that you've been a part of, you know, they ask the same. But talk to me about the Mitchell Warrior Wrestling uh, promotion. How did that became about that relationship? Yeah, I know people get offended. We're not offending nobody. It's just a damn word, no. for God's sakes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, aside from people getting offended by that. Um, yes, I actually had met the owner, Dan, uh, wait. Dan Short Sleeves, I was like, should I say his name? <laughs> and um, I had uh, met them at a separate show, Agri-Fair, up in Canada again. And he liked the stuff that I was doing. And we talked about it. And at the time, uh, Buddy Wayne's wife, Shauna, was my agent. Um, because the way that we are, the way that she brings her students, she likes to make sure they're protected and not just thrown into something, possibly hurting them, and then having to start all over as soon as you just come out. And so she was my agent, and I had spoke with him. I'm like, if you would like to book me or anything in the future, please speak with Shauna. And he was 100% for it. They spoke, and um, and it really just grew from there. I started doing his shows, and um, really, like, they've we've been going everywhere like we've been on tour every year going to new york going to texas going going canada pretty much everywhere <laughs> uh you can think of we've been traveling around and it's really so much fun and it's like family based it feels like kind of wrestling where we all like just stay together and then we'll have fun we'll all go to like a theme park together or we'll all go most of the time sometimes it's at a fair and there'll be like a bunch of animals and that's like some of my favorite things are animals <laughs> so uh i feel like i have a lot of fun with them we work really great shows in casinos like we do a lot and they really uh he really takes care of us so i feel like that's like a really great promotion that i had uh gotten into surprisingly um, and I meet, I meet the height requirement, which is 5'2 <laughs> and under. So I'm 5'1, so I just made it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I definitely got to check them out. I got to see definitely the shows. Uh, another question that I had. So what inspired of, you know, I'm not sure if you grew up with the Attitude Era. Or I don't know, uh, but what inspired, you know, to develop your character, like yourself? Uh, who inspired you to develop that? Or who do you see, like? the examples that you're able to give yourself to, like, you know, in professional wrestling. I don't know if you grew up with the Attitude Era or with WCW or ECW or maybe, let's see, what else, maybe Triple uh, out in the women's division, Lucha Libre before. Uh, so who can you, what inspired you to develop this character? Um. Yeah, I, I think I just, I kind of took bits and pieces from everything. I like the craziness that AJ Mendez has. I like Mickey James when she had her heel turn. Um, I like the crazy 
uh, kind of psychotic women. <laughs> um, and then I just amplified uh, Danica, like myself outside of wrestling um, as a person. And I'm not, um, I can be cool headed, but I'm also crazy, toxic. Um, and I just amplified everything that I did and then looked at the wrestlers, uh, Eddie Guerrero, when he was, he turned a heel. Um, so it's a bunch of, of mix that Lucha, uh, the Lucha Libre women, um, watching some of their stuff and just picking little bits and pieces out of people and um, just kind of putting it together and figuring out who Danica really is. Oh, definitely. And it grew and it was born and I fucking love it. I love it. <laughs> and I'm loving it. And uh, so out of all the matches you've been having so far right now, which one you can say that you've been, has been the highlight for you, that they, you will say you consider like what's one of your best matches by far, which one you can say has it been as of this moment for you? Um, it's really hard to say like a best match because of like where I was at um, to where I am now. Um, but I'd say my favorite matches I, is my first match. Um, one of my matches with uh, Rebel Kel when I was a babyface. I feel like we had a, a amazing match together. Um, wrestling with Lady Apache, that was just like amazing. <laughs> Didn't awesome. know what happened. Um, so I feel like that was uh, really great. And then me and Vivo, we always, we always kill it together. So those are always fun too. Oh yeah, definitely. You guys have been killing it together. Such great, great chemistry you guys have, you know, in the ring. And, you know, obviously outside of the ring, it's different because, you know, you guys are both will be facing each other on May 13th. So I know that Rikishi had to just separate you guys during the WrestleMania weekend. I know that for sure. So, I mean, oh, man. All right. So what are we going to be expecting on May 13th? So what are we going to be expecting? I mean, if I don't think – I don't know if PCW Ultra will – I don't know what they will expect from me since they've never seen me. But from the people for Defy, they should know what to expect. They should know, I'm going to bring everything. It's uh, no disqualification. So, you know, the weapons are going to come. You know, everything I'm going to bring. And every time I have a match, um, especially as this new persona, I always up it one from the last match. So I brought a taser. I brought, I've brought changed. I, I brought just about everything. So... It's just going to be a surprise, and you're going to have to see it to Whoa. believe it. <laughs> Hell yeah, I cannot wait. Awesome, cannot wait. Now, let's see. If, as if, you, if you haven't, throughout, you know, before the pandemic, because I don't want to count the pandemic situation. We've all, we all been through it. But mm -hmm. prior to that, prior to that, any, any funny, you know, you know, any funny moments you had throughout your career or what you've seen or that he could share, actually, uh, as, as a matter of fact. So do you have any funny stories about, you know, going to different promotions, anything that you've, anything that's been, that happened that maybe you can make, you know, you, you can share it to the world? Any funny moments throughout the career? Um, oh, it's hard to think back that far. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of uh, live in the day kind of moment kind of person, but, 
um, there has been like a lot of um, things that's happened that are funny. Um, I think my most recent one was traveling with Rikishi and um, we were on the way to a show. Uh, we weren't booked on it, but <laughs> he was doing a signing and uh, I was also there and um, was going to be sitting with him selling my stuff too. And uh, we were supposed to get picked up by, <laughs> by these, uh, by the shows, like some of their training guys and they ended up going to the wrong place. And so he's like, okay. <laughs> and Rikishi, Rikishi is a really funny man. He loves to rip people. He loves to mess with people. And so that's exactly what he was doing. And then a car comes up and they come out the car like they're our, they're our driver. And we're like, okay. So we go and get in the car. And um, he's just kind of like saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the only word he's saying. And we're like, okay. And then uh, we're going to the show. We're running late on time. The show's going to start soon. And um, we're like, wait. And and at the top of the, his phone, it says, like, the price ends. And then we're like, wait, are we in an Uber? And then he's like, <laughs> and we're like, you're going the wrong direction. And it turns out we got into Uber. Um, and it was the slowest Uber driver ever. They didn't speak English. They spoke French. And oh. so <laughs> the whole time, we're like, we're not going to make this show. Rikishi's in the front seat, like, zoom, zoom, like, you can go faster, zoom, zoom, like, you know, you're in the left lane. <laughs> and so the whole time, it's, it's just like, it's jokes. And like, yeah, we, we should be stressing out. We are tight on time, but like, there's nothing you can do, but just like, have fun and just like, try and get there as fast as we can without stressing ourselves out. So that was like, that was one of my funnest like car rides anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Oh, I, I hate when that does happen. And you, someone else can't really speak the English language. It's like, and then sometimes you assume, oh, I'm Espanol. And then, you know, you want to talk to them in Spanish. I don't know, you don't speak Spanish either. Shit, la chingada. I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> like, it, yeah. It happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, so what does that LaRouche does, you know, outside of wrestling, what is the, you know, when you're not performing, when you're not doing anything, what is your, what are your hobbies? What, you know, what do you do, what do you do throughout the day that you're free? Um, most of my life really goes around wrestling, but, uh, I'll work my, my job. I'll go tan, uh, for fun. I'll usually go to like, not right now because my knees, <laughs> my knee can't do it. Um, but I would go to uh, trampoline parks with the buddy guys. We'd be having fun, but also like working on flips, doing some wrestling moves, just having fun there. And then uh, I was doing uh, parkour, which uh, is pretty fun and which also helps you work on wrestling. So most of the things that I do do that are for fun kind of are for wrestling. <laughs> in the end um but i do like to go to the beach um i would go in the water but it's too cold in seattle so that that kind of cuts out half the fun oh. yeah i do I, I do play some games but not too much because then i'll just get like engulfed in it and then i don't want to do anything else <laughs> <laughs> but i do love me some boba so oh. if anyone brings me some like fruit Boba, I am so happy. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure to see if I can make that happen that day on the yes. 13th. 
<laughs> I'll make sure because I do have a favorite boba spot in Koreatown. So it's one of my favorites. So yes. And what, what about your, your cheat day? What is your favorite meal that you can eat? If you keep that every day, what would it be? Eat it every day. Um, hmm. I love me some Peruvian food. Uh, yeah, so I love green spaghetti and steak. And then I love this, like, uh, papaloa and caina. I can't, yes. I'm not sure if that's what it's called. Uh, yeah, but I love me some Peruvian food. I love me some Spanish food. I love, like, I love all of it. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. And your background, you know what me ask you? I mean, you're, I mean, your family, they're from uh, your nationality, I would say, yeah. I mean. Um, I am Peruvian and a little bit of Puerto Rican, and then uh, a mix, like 5% here of this, 5% here of that, so really small percentages of pretty much everything else. Oh, okay. Awesome, awesome. And so how's your family taking this round? Are they 100% supportive that you're, you know, doing this career as we speak right now? And I know certain other families are not, but um, but is your family, for you know, are being 100% supportive of, you know, following your dreams and your career at the moment? Yes, they are. They um, they take, when I had first started, they took me to all of my shows. They recorded all of my shows for me. They stayed throughout the whole matches. Um, they're very supportive. If I need something, my mom will message me like, hey, I'm going out of town. Do you need some lashes? Do you need anything before the show? Do you need me to dye your hair? So, like, everyone is very supportive, my sister, my mom. Um, everyone's there for me, um, and that's that's really helpful, uh, especially during my injury. Everyone was here uh, helping me hand and foot. Uh, you know, you mentioned about your injury. So you tore your uh, your ACL. Is that, is that what it was, correct? Yes, I tore my uh, left knee ACL uh, during – during the first day of the midget tour, I had oh. torn it. <laughs> and how's the recovery going so far right now? Um, it's definitely doing a lot better. I did actually hurt it again, uh, but it was more, I think it was more of like a little bit of a hyperextension because now it's back and good. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of like having to be careful because I'm at that stage of where you feel great and you can do everything, but internally your knee hasn't fully healed yet. So I have to be very careful. I won't be like 100% clear until June. Um, then I should be able to start taking the brace off during my matches. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty hard. I still can't do uh, a lot of things. Uh, that I normally do because Lucha Libre is a lot of jumping and, and doing all that. So I've really had to switch up my style from uh, acrobatics to like power moves. Um, but it's an adjustment that everyone has to make uh, when they do get injured because you will get injured eventually. You just, you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know what body part. It's just, it's a part of wrestling. Oh, definitely. And I commend you and wow, you're still doing it. I commend you for that. <laughs> really, really tough. Really, really tough for sure. I won't even be able to do that shit. Uh -uh. I'll be whining about it. So that, that'll be me. <laughs> I am. I am outside. <laughs> I am at home. <laughs> yeah. Whoever, whoever lives with me, they definitely got to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about, about the difference between training at Buddy Waves and then training at Knox Pro. Uh, 
I, I, I know that obviously Rikishi, he's hard on his students. Uh, Buddy Wang, I mean, just tell me how, you know, the difference between both of them. Like, how, how is, you know, what's the difference between both of them as, you know, you're training at both academies? Yeah, it uh, it really surprised me. They are very, very similar in a lot of the ways that they train, which is the basics, the structure, um, saying you need to have the basics. You need to be able to roll before you can do anything else. Like, things like that um, is very, very similar. Some things are different, like... Uh, headlock taver, takeover or like a hip toss is slightly different. Um, but that's uh, something I've already like heard about everyone. Like you choose your own ice cream flavor. There's different types. Like this is just like you, you pick what you like and what works for you. Um, but you also adapt to wherever you're at and do it the way that they want you to do it there um, out of respect. And so um, I really do love rikishi style of training and then also their training format is is different than buddies which is great so it made it put me on my toes like buddies will do rolls we'll do chaining we'll do uh like a build a bear we do some like um cardio in-ring cardio drills and then maybe a match and then at rikishi's we'll do some outside cardio we'll go in there we'll do rolls um we'll do like a spot a long spot um and then we do uh matches and as we're doing matches the newer students will go in there and they'll work on their basics we'll go over a match uh buddy wayne academy we'd call it on the fly uh rikishi's will go out there and and as time progresses he'll be like okay uh just call the finish and um and then as soon as we're done with the match winner cut a promo three two one go and then the next person goes so it's really like put me on my toes and um helped me become a better wrestler um so i really do love the different styles but also like the similarities between it because it helps make me feel like okay i did right and then i bring it back to their school and i'm like look they do it too so it's just reassuring oh that's great that's awesome to hear and speaking of about calling it do you what do you prefer more i mean i don't know like or how has it been called your matches? Uh, when you call it before the, the match itself, or do you call it while while during the match? You know, because there's uh, you know certain individuals they like to go ahead and you know plan it before even the match happens, or they just call it during the match. Because I think for like it all depends on the fan base, uh, you know how they're getting in, you know getting involved into the match. So what is your preference more? Are you, are you more preference of calling them? calling the match during the match or before, you know, planning it out? Um, I think it depends on the show itself. And then along with um, who you're working, because sometimes like the fly-ins won't get until the last minute and you have to just do it in the ring. So you need to be able to know both styles or you're going to like, you're going to botch everything. You're going to like, and the fans are going to see it. Are like based off of Defy, they love the flippy, crazy stuff um, like that. So they need to have all that. And and how are you going to call twenty moves on the spot? Like <laughs> <laughs> um, it's possible, <laughs> but you got to be a pro at it. So I yeah. I like I like doing them um, both, but um, I feel like I can definitely produce a like. It's hard to say. It's it, it depends on your your crowd. WWE, let's call it on the fly. 
if it's yeah. if it's here, let's call it in the back. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, if you could pick a venue and pick an opponent, obviously, who would it be, and oh. where would it be? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Sendai. <laughs> in Japan, yeah. oh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. to their promotion. I'm, I'm looking to the future. This is a foreseen <laughs> match. Um, I would really love to have a match with Miko Satomura um, oh, yeah. at her promotion um, in her town. Um, I definitely need to get ready for that. Let me wrestle some of your, your guys, your students first. But <laughs> I would love to have a match with her and just like absolutely kill it and see the her different style and how she works and and how different the crowd too is in Japan from like the American Japan. Is it quiet? Like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's very different. And I, I would love to have that match. Oh, man, definitely. I would love to see you, you know, in up in Chaco Pro, or even, you know, in Satsumura School, like, even in DDT as well, like, all, over there, the, the promotions, it's different from New Japan, you know, obviously, it's so known from New Japan, but, you know, DDT, and, you know, and uh, Chaco Pro, all of the, all the women's mm -hmm. wrestlers on that side is amazing, it's awesome, and the crowd is so different, it's, it's almost similar to the New Japan crowd, but it's very, very, I don't know, I feel there's a difference to it, they're really, they, Really do get involved, and it's and that's what I love about it, you know. So mm -hmm. I would love to see you out there, and hopefully that does happen. And I will be cheering you on, and I'm be hell yeah, I would love to see that happen. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and the last question here, I wanted to ask if any women want to go ahead and pursue this dream, what would be the best advice you could give them? Yes. Um... I think the best advice is that you you need to find a reputable school to join that is going to take care of you, that won't just throw you out there, um, and that won't just hurt you. So you need to find a good school and decide if this is something you want to do and know that there are going to be a lot of times where you feel that man, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Like, there is going to be a lot of up and downs in wrestling, but if this is something, like, you really want to do and you love it, then you have to put the work into it. No one else is going to do it but you. Awesome. Great words, sir, to see it. And also, if you can let the people know, where can they find Danica De La Rouge on their social media platforms? Let the people know where can they find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram, uh, Real Danica Delarouge. Real, my other one got hacked, so <laughs> find me on that one. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Danica D Rouge, and then on Facebook, uh, my Facebook page. Not my Facebook. Uh, I've got too many friends on there. It's like they have a freaking limit and it stops <laughs> a lot of things. So <laughs> I'm on my page there. <laughs> um, that's where you can find me at though. Awesome. Awesome. 
And yes, I will put that in the description below, ladies and gentlemen, where you can follow uh, Danica De La Rouge all over on her social media platforms. Make sure you follow her. And for all the SoCal Pro Wrestling fans, make sure you attend, up, especially up in Seattle, Washington, for April 30th for Defy, as she's defending the PCW Ultra Women's Championship against Kikio, and on May 13th, PCW Ultra New Beginnings as well. So make sure that you attend to these incredible events and see and be a part of Danica's world. Damn it, because I'm being a part of her world now. So, so I got to bow down to the ruler. <laughs> got to bow down to the yes, ruler. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I want to just go ahead and thank you so much for being a part of the show. And I cannot wait to have you once again. Uh, anytime, you're welcome back. And I would love to talk more and more pro wrestling with you. And, you know, we see we know. Hopefully, we'll get together soon. And I can't wait to see you in person as well. So that I cannot wait as well on May 13th. So... Once again, thank you very much for being on the show, Mr. LaRouche. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget, purchase your tickets for PCW Ultra, your beginnings from May 13th at mm -hmm. the ILW Memorial Hall. And come see the PCW Ultra Women's Champion, Danica LaRouche, defending the championship versus Vivo Van and Falls Count Anywhere. So make sure you come by, purchase your tickets, and come see and be a part of Danica Worlds. So once again, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you guys on the next one.